All right, welcome back to another edition of Character Concerns with Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero. I am Nick Schwartz. Thank you, as always, for listening. And just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening. We appreciate your support so much that we're continuing to keep this podcast going after the draft through the offseason, which is why we're coming back again today. And even though it's sort of the dead time of the offseason, it doesn't seem like this is when there's generally a lot of movement in the NFL. It does seem like week after week, there is something else that keeps popping up with the Chiefs. And we keep it somewhat draft adjacent. But when you look at, I guess, the most relevant story right now from last week, the Cardinals release DeAndre Hopkins, which was a bit of a surprise move, at least the timing of it, knowing that the Cardinals are basically saying, hey, we suck. We know we're going to suck. In fact, we want to suck so much that we're willing to cut him before June 1st so that we take the cap hit this year, knowing that we are not going to win many games next year. Maybe it puts us in a position to get a better draft pick and who knows, even draft another quarterback, say Caleb Williams or Drake May. But now DeAndre Hopkins is on the open market and all indications are that he is not in any rush to make a decision. I do think even despite his age, the injury concerns, if you want to call them that, from last year, this guy is still going to be highly sought after. And the Chiefs, who have spent a second-round draft pick on a wide receiver for two straight years, I think on paper still have one of the bottom five wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Now, let's if we want to make this draft adjacent, do you think there is any concern about the uh, supposed development of guys like Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice? And even I would throw Kadarius Toney in there because the Chiefs didn't draft him, but I treated him as a rookie last year. They were interested in him coming out of the draft. How much do you think all of these young guys in the room should or will impact their supposed interest in D-Hop? Well, honestly, I think that the uh, as far as their development is concerned, I, I think they're... They're happy there's not a veteran receiver in this room because that would hamper their development or put them on the practice squad or maybe miss the team. And there's guys that weren't going to make this team if they did sign DeAndre Hopkins, which I suppose they still can, or uh, Odell Beckham, which obviously they didn't. Uh, But it would kind of hamper their development. They're riding with these guys. Uh, They have a lot of faith in these guys. It's faith in Patrick Mahomes is what it is. It's faith that Patrick Mahomes could take all these receivers and turn them into something. Well, Big year for Sky Moore, because you'll find out. I mean, last year we still didn't have our answer. We had a big question mark. Um, we think we know you have a quality receiver. Don't think he's a one or two at this point. Could it be a two down the line? Yes. Rasheed Rice, question mark on him now. And as we talked about how much pressure does he have on him, because you know there's no juju here. You know, it's step up Rasheed Rice and develop. But this year, Chris, I think we're going to see a lot of these uh, question marks get answered quickly. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are kind of looking at their situation and they're like, if we can add a veteran guy that we can trust, cool, that's great. But they don't feel like they need to add that guy. Because if we know how the Chiefs are, when they feel like they have a need, they address it very aggressively. They haven't really done that here. They have not been super aggressive in trying to clear cap space with the Chris Jones uh, extension so that they can sign a D-Hop or an Odell Beckham Jr. They haven't been aggressive in... Try, they, did, they weren't aggressive in trying to trade for D-Hop. They were certainly talking to him and talking to the Cardinals and working out a deal, but it, it was one of those situations where they didn't feel like they had to make one. Um, 
And we heard before they even made a move for in free agency, um, when they were before they were negotiating with Juju Smith Schuster, the word coming out of their camp was we think that Kadarius Tony's our number one next year. So I think they're content with what they have. They do have a veteran in MVS. Um, but I think they are content with what they have because they trust their ability to develop talent. And I think they trust Mahomes' ability to help guide these guys along into the offense. And I, I think in that regard, they're probably not too concerned if they don't land a veteran guy. I, I think they want one, though, because it, they want one. You kind of tell what they want, what they don't, I don't want. Think, I don't think they feel like they need one. No, though. but the, the DeAndre Hopkins, they were playing chicken with them, they were playing chess. Chiefs knew they were going to cut him. Yeah, uh, everyone. Some of the other teams. Yeah, everyone this DeAndre Hopkins thing's weird, man. It's taken forever. No team wanted to uh, really trade around the draft for him because they knew that Arizona would probably release him. Now you've seen reports that the Chiefs are out on him, the Bills are out on him, and so now he's playing all these teams. Where's he going to sign? I mean, this thing wasn't a quick deal. He's the best talent that there is out there at this point. I guess there's no hurry for NFL teams, but he's still out there. I don't think it's like they really like they, they, they want him. I think it's like oh. it, we would like to have. I'm him. just saying this. He's not as coveted as he thinks he is. Yeah, I don't think that the Chiefs covet him. I think the Chiefs are like, hey, if we get him, cool. You know, it's like it's 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 like. In their situation, they very much trust what they have already. It's the reason why they weren't aggressive in free agency at that spot. And I think they're they're happy with their second round receivers last two years. I will say I this so. though. If they this pick this year would have been at 21, 22, 100 percent would have been a receiver. I totally believe the draft would have been a receiver for the Chiefs if they were drafted early. I think so. So yeah. here's where we currently stand. Uh, as of Friday, that was the day when the Cleveland Browns emerged as the new favorite to land DeAndre Hopkins. He was at plus one hundred to go to the Browns. The Bills were at number two at plus 300. The Chiefs were at plus 400. As of today, Monday afternoon, the Browns are now at plus 125, still the favorite. But now in second place, the Detroit Lions at plus 380. The Bills are now down to plus 550. You see those reports. And the Chiefs are at plus 750. Now, here's what's really interesting to me. Have you seen those, though? Because I've seen those. What's interesting is that, Chris, you talked about the Chiefs and how they have... Uh, not really shown a ton of aggression to move cap space around to like clear room for DeAndre Hopkins. Think about how Kansas City has assembled this wide receiver room. Kadarius Tony, you got for a compensatory third round pick and a sixth round pick. You signed MVS in free agency last offseason, what is basically a two year, $20 million deal. Yeah. You drafted Sky Moore in the second round. You drafted. Rasheed Rice in the second round, Richie James, dirt cheap deal, and uh, who am I missing? Justin Watson to a dirt cheap deal. Justin Ross, if you even want to include him. Point being, you want to talk about aggression? Like, you want to talk about, you want to find out a team's mindset, follow how they're spending their money? They are allocating, I mean, the, the, the biggest resources they're allocating are two second round picks to get Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice. This has not been a team over the last two off-seasons that has done a whole lot in the way of spending high-quality assets to build this receiver room. Now, you can argue maybe the market hasn't dictated it. Nonetheless, they have not been very aggressive in going out and getting wide receivers. Should we take that as an indication that they don't think they need to put the most talented wide receiver room around this offense, considering you know there's some built-in stability with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. I don't know if it's a if it's a we're not committed. We don't think we need to put as much talent. I think it's more so 
we think we can find the gyms that we like in the draft and then and then develop those guys into the kind of talent that we need. Isn't that a dangerous game though? It can be, yeah. I mean, we've we've seen a lot of teams. I mean, the Patriots have kind of done the 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 smartest guy in the room type picks at wide receiver with like Nikhil Harry. And it kind of burned them. Because it only works until it doesn't. And when you do get burnt by it, you find yourself in a really bad situation. Right, right. But like, I, the Chiefs are are the kind of team that has kind of done that a lot of positions too. Yeah, I see them doing the opposite of what everybody else does. Because a lot of times you have a quarterback. All right, we need to put talent around that quarterback. Mahomes is so different and so special. This is the opposite way. Here's a quarterback. We'll put some people there. The quarterback's the most important part. But I will say this. At some point, they will have to dig the foundation. They did it with the offensive line. We've seen the offensive line transition the last couple of years. They're going to have to dig in, get the shovels out, and start building the basement because eventually when Travis Kelsey retires and goes away and you look at this receiver group, they're going to need to rebuild it. Not even retires, Bink. What What if yeah. his play just, just play, slightly but, dips? But they're, they're yeah. going to have to go to work on, this, on, on the skill positions because you have an elite quarterback. They're, they're getting by because Patrick Mahomes is so special as a quarterback for him. It's not like these other quarterbacks they look and say, you know what, we need to put good talent around these guys. I mean, it, it's a philosophy the Bengals had. And now they're seeing, starting to see, okay, Joe Burrow can play some football because they needed offensive line help when they drafted Jamar Chase. And a lot of people thought that was the direction they were going, but they're like, okay, here's your guy. So we'll give you, you're, you're going to be a star quarterback. You, we're going to draft a receiver that's going to be with you for a long time. And that worked well. And look, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I mean, that's, that's a duo right there. So eventually they're going to have to go to work. Um, and they've done that because they, they, they went to work rebuilding uh, the secondary. We've seen them do it with the offensive line. Eventually it'll be the receiver's turn. And what I'm talking about with rebuilding, I'm talking first round pick. Now, if they want to do things to the draft, which clearly they've showed they want to do things with the draft, they're not as high on going out through free agency since they have the couple rings. They're building it a lot like the Packers built their kind of championship team with Favre and, and Rodgers as far as drafting instead of signing. Uh, we'll see if it works for the Chiefs, but yeah, it, it, it's going to be maybe a year, two years at most before they really start digging in and getting Mahomes the help he needs. And maybe it really depends on how these guys develop. If Kadarius Tony looks like a real number one, then they're, they're not going to make that. If he stays healthy and is a number one, yeah, problem solved. They're, they're, yeah, they're good. And, and if Sky Moore is a good complementary piece to that, or even looks like he could be a number one type receiver, well, then now you're in a really good spot. And I think that's what they're hoping for. Well, do they really need a Jamar Chase type? Because that's what the Bengals did. They said, okay, we have Joe Burrow. Let's draft somebody. We wanted to Blitnikoff Ward with him. At LSU, there was linemen on it. Remember doing the draft show that night with Kramer going back and forth saying, I don't think they're going offensive line. They're giving Joe Burrow his guy from college. Now, the question is with Travis Kelsey, because eventually, since he is public enemy number one and was able to separate from everybody last year, even though everybody knew he was getting the football, if that starts to slide a little bit here and there, and Kadarius Toney is hurt, doesn't play all the games, then you need to go out there and get the – Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type, Tyree Kill type that was here in Kansas City. I think it becomes more and more imperative if you're not getting that production from that tight end role because for all intents and purposes, Travis Kelsey is wide receiver option number one with this football team. I get it. Mahomes is a special player that elevates the talent around him. I'm just saying the MO of this team, the mission objective is offensive points putting pressure on the defense. I feel... Whether it's for agency, the draft, I feel that the Chiefs are more draft heavy right now instead of for agency heavy. That they've got to address I, that and I, bring in a dog. I don't think they need to get that guy now. 
Like they, I don't feel like they need to get that guy now. You'd like to have that guy now. You'd like to have a, a wide receiver that you know you can get 100 receptions with, 1,500 yards with. Yeah, that's great. I don't think they feel like they need to have that right now. And a lot of that is because like the reason why their offense was so successful this past season was because it wasn't as predictable as it was in 21. The offense was so predictable in 21 that like – all these teams just was like, hey, let's just drop eight and cover. Lou Anarumo, the, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, just did that every time they played the, the Chiefs. Let's just drop eight in coverage, and let's force Mahomes to be patient. And he had trouble with that. And they knew that he was going to try to force the ball to either Tyreek or Travis Kelsey. And that because they didn't have that depth around those two guys, there wasn't anybody they could count on to go out there and make plays in the passing so game. So let me ask you this, though, Chris. What what do you consider more likely? They draft that guy or get like Tom Brady got Randy Moss towards the end of kind of Randy Moss. Is but remember, it, they, it didn't, they didn't get Randy they Moss. They didn't win a Super Bowl with no, Randy they Moss. Didn't win no, 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 no. They didn't win it, but they went 16-0 during no, the regular they, season. They with did, it. and then they and lost that offense that was Super ridiculously Bowl. good. Yeah. That's the best offense that Brady's had. The thing, the thing do you is, think is, they grab somebody like that, or do you think they, they trust got, they didn't get Randy Moss at the top of his like market? Because remember, he was no, coming up a yeah, couple. That's what I'm saying. Just get an no, aging guy like no, no, that. No, no, I'm just, I'm simply, I'm not even talking about his play. Right. I'm simply talking about they got him on the cheap. On the cheap, yeah. They didn't third round pick because if they would have known, yeah. like if the rest of the league would yeah. have known what Randy Moss was still capable of, he would have got a top well, of market deal, question. which is not what he got. Do you feel the Chiefs at this point because they've been so draft heavy right now? With that's the town. There's nothing wrong with that. It's bringing the lifeblood through the draft or the free agency route. Like like a top, you don't even need a top free agent with Mahomes because he's so damn good. You can bring in somebody like let's say Justin Jefferson in six well, years. Because here's what I'm. Because here's what I'm like. I swear, God, guys, I am. I feel like I'm going crazy, and I think <laughs> I've had enough over the past twelve months. Like I can't do another year of it. And I know it'll probably happen again in this podcast. So I know I'm signing myself up for a punishment here. I swear, dude, if I hear that Travis Kelsey is like a wide receiver one more time, I'm going to jump out the fucking window. Like, I <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I understand how good this guy is. I understand how wildly consistent and productive he has been. I understand he produces like the best receiver in the NFL. I get it. Yeah. But he is a tight end, and he is going to be 34 years old this year. We, we as fans on the exactly outside, my point. we can act like Travis Kelsey will be great forever. As a GM of the Chiefs, as a person who is tasked, whose job it is to construct this roster and make sure that they never fall off, Brett Veach cannot act as if Travis Kelsey is going to be great and productive until he's 45 years old. Getting by right now. You have to continue to throw assets at it. And every other team in the league is doing it as well. I'm not saying he's done anything wrong up, up until this point. And I, and I think the Chiefs probably could get by another year without that elite receiver. But eventually, you need to go and get that guy, and you need to put as many weapons around the Chiefs as you possibly can. This would be this would be this is as long as I trust it this year, because I mean, you have to have a plan going forward. To say two years out, that, that's pie in the sky. I think I think you address it this year. Okay, we're fine this year, and then you address it going forward. But I wouldn't I, look at this as a long term. I'm thing. fine. I'm here's my. He's thing. got way too many interests off the field. too. My thing though is this. We cannot just be like, hey, let's go get some old guy that used to play for another team that, that used to be good. No, but DeAndre That's Hopkins isn't quite that, right? He, I mean, do we know that for sure? I mean, he put up 
700 yards in like nine games right, last year. Right, but then the knee flared up. And well, the they season before him, that, the he was season, injured. They kind of shut him down. He was injured the season before that. So it's like, do we know that he's going to be that guy? Like, if, if you want to go and trade up and get that guy in the first round, go right ahead. I, I'm cool with that. If they were 100% confident with him, he'd already be here. Yeah, my, that's my thing, though, is like yeah. if they really thought that he was going to be a major difference maker, they would have done whatever they could to get him. And the fact that they haven't been all in on getting him tells me that that move just probably isn't the best move for them. I'd be a little bit concerned because the Chiefs, there's a need. The Bills, there's a definite need. But no one's got him yet. I mean, that kind of concerns because there's an arms race with all these teams that want him, but he hasn't ended up anywhere. I just you would I, think one of these teams is like push everything aside. You're our guy because that's what teams do. If they want you, they'll go get you. Well, I think yeah. he probably saw the deal that Odell Beckham Jr. got and said, "Well, I've been more healthy and more productive than he's been. So if he gets one year fifteen, why and should you know I?" What? It scared him off. You heard Brett Veach last year when Tyreek Hill he goes, "Yeah, then then uh, Devontae Adams signed that deal." And we're like, Ugh. "Yeah." I mean, that ruined it for. Him. I guarantee you, DeAndre. They were all sitting there, these GMs. Seeing Odell sign that deal and going. And honestly, quite frankly, if I were advising DeAndre, I'd say you'd be stupid not to hold out for more. Yeah. If, if Odell can get one year for 15, you can get one year for 17. 100%. All it takes is one desperate team. One desperate team. And by the way, the two teams that are the Vegas favorites to land him, Lions and the Browns. Love throwing money away. I think both of those teams will qualify as desperate. The Chiefs and the Bills sitting right behind them? Not quite. Well, pair him back with uh, Deshaun Watson. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. One thing the Chiefs would have to do, have to do, even if they want to be entertaining a DeAndre Hopkins signing, is they got to clear up cap space. The easiest way for them to do that is to sign Chris Jones to a new extension. He is due over $28 million in 2023. You sign him to an extension, move some money around, all of a sudden that number goes way, way down. We know that's going to happen, or at least we think it's going to happen at some point this offseason. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported... Over the weekend that they think that maybe that could be on the horizon, a Chris Jones extension. And the second that were to happen, yeah, we'll talk about Chris Jones and him being here long term. But then you say, okay, you got some extra money. Are you going to do anything with it? I think it's only a matter of if not, or excuse me, when not if Chris Jones is going to sign an extension and how much it's going to be for. I feel like we know this is going to happen at age 29, Chris, you and I talked about this a little bit last week on the air. What production would you be comfortable with? Let's just say it's a four-year deal. Let's say that fourth year is kind of funny money, as we all know, right? Hmm. But the guaranteed money probably makes it a three-year deal. Over the next three seasons in which Chris Jones will be 29, 30, and 31, if you're paying this guy, let's say, $25, 26000000 million, because he says he wants to be the second-highest-paid defensive tackle in the NFL behind Aaron Donald, who's making almost $33 million. What sort of production would you be comfortable with? What sort of production do you think would warrant paying a guy $25, $26 million annually? I look at Chris Jones, and he's that guy you want on defense because he takes all the attention away. I see two more really, really good years with Chris Jones. Third one, okay, I think the arrow is firmly going up the next two seasons, probably going more sideways on, on that third year. But how much better does he make the guys around him? Like, does Karloff, this is, will he flourish? Will Felix flourish by having Chris Jones? And I think the answer is yes. So if he gives you like 12 sacks, okay. But then Karloff, this is pumping in seven or eight, and Felix giving you five, you know, and then Drew Tranquil getting a couple of these. So, okay, how many of these sacks are because of Chris Jones? And all of a sudden you look at it and say, okay, Chris Jones is responsible for 21 or 22 sacks on this team. He himself just got 12 or 13, but he's responsible for 21 or 22. I just think. 
you have a guy like Aaron Donald was, and I think he was always kind of behind Aaron Donald, and this year he passed him. And I think when you have a guy that the other quarterback has to walk up to the line and wonder where you're at, that's when you know you got something. And Chris Jones is that guy. When that quarterback walks up there, like, you know, Justin Herbert walks the line, okay, where's Jones at? Where's Chris Jones? Josh Allen comes the line, where's Chris Jones at? Once you get to that level, I believe his arrow is still pointing up. If it was going sideways, I'd say no. If it's going up, pay him. I think even if it was going sideways with his level of production, I think I would still pay him. It'd be different if he was like at Karloftis' level and then he was going sideways. It's like, okay, yeah, you're not you're not at that elite level yet. But like I I don't really know how much more up he can go at this point. It's just a matter of him maintaining his level of production. I think if he's, you know, right around averaging like right around ten sacks over the next, you know, ten sacks a year over the next like three years, I'm cool with that. Because I think that he his presence will enable other guys on that defensive line. That's why I look at it. Like he may give you ten, to, but technically he really yeah he can in yeah because he can help with you know he he'll help out with other guys because he's going to draw a double anytime he's lined up inside the. They bringing him in the same way inside outside yeah. he lines up. He started a position basically. It's what teams are looking for yeah. the Chris Jones type, just like Tyron Matthew you know is such a popular deal that everybody's looking for the hybrid safety corner now. Right, what's right. interesting about this is that when you look back. It's only been, I think we're going to look back on this. We try to draw conclusions about Brett Veach, about like his trends, what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do. And I think sometimes that gets a little overblown because if, we to, if we're to expect that Brett Veach is going to be here for a long time, well, if Brett Veach is here for two decades, we're going to look back on the first year of, first five years of his tenure and say, well, that was just a small fraction of everything that we've seen. But we, we only have to go off of what we have to go off of. If I was him, I'd leave when Mahomes leaves. Well, thus far, I'm kidding. We, only, we only have five years of data to go off of, but six years maybe. He typically lets guys walk around this time in their career, age 29. Now, he has not dealt with a player like Chris Jones other than Tyree Kill, who was basically resetting the market. I don't think Chris Jones is going to be resetting the defensive tackle market. But it would be, I think you guys would agree, right? It would be unprecedented, at least thus far in his tenure, to hand out a mega extension to a guy who is, at least in theory, exiting his playing prime. Or or nearing. Isn't he like a year older than what... D Ford was when D Ford was about to hit free agency. Essentially, yeah. no, he's not a Brett Veach guy. Yeah, I mean Brett Veach was a scout for the Kansas City Chiefs, but this was not a Veach pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't. And that does that does I resonate with different GMs taking care of their guys. Would you I guys don't. Not agree? I don't think it matters with him though. I don't. I don't. I think he. If if you are someone who is a star player at your position. I think he he'd be willing to pay, but he was the SEC scout at the point. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't like for me it's like I think he cares more about whether or not you're a star because like this is what you have to do in today's NFL because these contracts like all these guys were getting these contracts they're getting like like the mid the middle class for each position in the NFL is overpriced it's just that's just what it is like if you're like the middle class for for cornerback is like twelve million like what Charvarius War got. Last offseason was like twelve million a year. It's like he's a he's a D, he's a pretty good corner. But like, do you want to pay twelve million for a pretty good corner, or do you want to see if you can find a pretty good corner in the draft and maybe develop into a great one? Because because right now he's sitting with uh, three players of the best at their yeah. position. Because like Snead's probably going to get like what thirteen fourteen a year when he is free agency next offseason. 
And do we think he'd be worth that money? Yeah, that's why the ball's in motion, no. why they're drafting, why they're drafting. Exactly. So Jamari like, Connor, that reminds me of Steve. Yeah. So I think the Chiefs are, they're like, we're not going to pay for middle class players. We're going to pay for the elite players. And then after that, we're going to draft guys and keep them on rookie contracts so that we can retain value there. But we're not going to have a deep middle class on our roster because it's too expensive to do that. And I, typically speaking, like when you go back and look at NFL winners across the board, unless you have a cheap rookie quarterback who's playing at a star level, like Patrick Mahomes was in 2019, that's how most Super Bowl champions are built, by the way. Just go back and look at the Rams from two years ago. There was no middle class on that team. It was Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, and Cooper this, Cup, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, bunch of guys. and then a bunch of dudes. Now, yeah, we all we love depth. When you have depth, it's all you talk about. When you have depth, you're like, yeah, yeah that, that's our, that's why we're better than the other teams because we have depth all across the roster. And I think that's kind of the hope with the Chiefs right now is that over the last two draft classes, with especially your non-value picks, going out and getting guys in the sixth round like Trey Smith or in the seventh round like Isaiah Pacheco and Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams, we can go on and on, is that you've been able to add quality depth, maybe not star players, but starters through the draft, I mean, that's non-negotiable. If you're going to hand out $26 million annually to a guy like Chris Jones, you have to have cheap starters elsewhere on the roster, and that's a pretty good position to be in with what the Chiefs have done in the draft class lately. It's kind of a blessing and a curse. You don't have to worry about quarterback anymore, which most GMs are. I mean, it's what keeps them in their job. Mm -hmm. But yet, there's also the pressure. I say, well, Beach has it made because he's got a quarterback. Well, yes and no. Yeah, he's got the coach, he's got the quarterback, but like you said, You've got to have the Pachecos. you got to have the Jalen Watsons. You have to have guys playing that are on seventh-round contracts, sixth-round, seventh-round contracts you're not paying money for that can be pieces to your puzzle that are part of a championship team. The rebuild is not an option, Bill. So, yeah, there's a luxury in having a quarterback made, but guess what? you got to be right everywhere else. Yeah, but you don't have to be as right when you've got a great quarterback. Because when you don't have a great quarterback, you need to have a lot of a lot more really good players around that mediocre quarterback. We saw it here for years when Alex Smith was here. Because it's like, okay, Alex Smith isn't going to be able to elevate you to that point. So you need your offensive line to be great. You need better receivers. You need a better defense. And if you don't have those things, then your quarterback can only take you so far. So I, I really kind of feel like even though the, the Chiefs are in you know tough spot because of the amount of money they're paying their quarterback – it's a lot easier because you know that if you just get starter quality play from the players that you have on the field, your quarterback will be able to elevate the team. So it, it kind of actually is it's kind of a bit of a luxury, if you will. And with, with Travis Kelsey being a tight end, just the way that those salaries are, it's it's great. It's the best value in the NFL. Right. That you're getting 1,300 yards, 130-plus targets for a guy – who is being paid, what, $15, 16000000 million this yeah, year? Yeah, the, the cap for tight ends is so much lower than anybody else. He and DeAndre, He's getting he, paid less than Christian Kirk, man. Since uh, 2016, the top two patch catchers in the NFL are Travis Kelsey and DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Kelsey's ahead of everybody. Even wide receivers, yes, the best pass-catching option okay, what if in I, the NFL. Okay, what if I told you that over the next, let's say, two weeks, because it doesn't sound like, like DeAndre Hopkins is in any big hurry, and he's a guy, by the way, I think this is an interesting side note. When he first got to Arizona, there was a lot made about the fact that like, he has a pretty light practice schedule. He practices when he wants to. 
He's not someone who's out there every day. Uh, that would have to change under Andy. Yeah. Reed. Oh yeah. His I don't care who you are. I don't tough. care how many all first team All Pro selections you have. You need to be out there, especially if you're a newcomer. Like, yeah, you need to be out there with the team because Andy Reid's old school and he's pretty ardent in that. But what if I told you that over the next two weeks, the Chiefs sign Chris Jones to a contract extension, they give him a mega deal, they lock him up for realistically the next three years. And then they turn around and they handed DeAndre Hopkins a one-year contract. Let's say it's incentive-laden, but you're talking about a base salary of around... 12. $12 million, $13 with, million. Dollars. With incentives that with, go up to maybe like 20, 21, 22. How would you guys feel about that? You get, What grade are you giving that? You give them that an A-plus if they go out and they give them a, a deal like Tim that to Jones DeAndre? and Hopkins in the mix? Absolutely. Because I mean, the tea leaves. What, the Chiefs, honestly, I think they want another wide receiver. I think it's out there. I think they really wanted Juju two years ago. This is something they want. And they're all about the prove deals. The one-year, hey, short-term deals. Kansas City loves those type of deals. So, yes, if they were able to get Hopkins in here – and sign Chris Jones would absolutely love that. I, I mean, it would take it would have to be a really drastic situation for him to take a for Hopkins to take a one year deal because he wants long term security. He's sitting here looking at the yeah, Browns. So I all this he, whole I want to go with the quarterback. I think he wants, and I want the, the great front yeah. office and like Michael Michael Gennetti from Spot Track was on with C dot uh, on the drive last week, and he said like he thinks three years forty five for for him. So if he takes insane. a one-year deal, like clearly the market didn't pan out the way that he wanted, and it didn't look like the market is panning. Okay, so let me so yeah, just but, real quick. I think I know your answer, but no chance the Chiefs would give him a multi-year deal. No, I don't believe so. I I I don't think the Chiefs are wanting to tie themselves to a guy at that age with you know with that much money there. Like it's it. It could end up being a good deal. It could end up like being you a could great sign him to deal. a two-year deal and if get two years out, of great production. If he production. goes out there and he looks like Jerry Rice did in his thirties, then like yeah, you're you you're obviously going to be very happy with that deal. But you're talking few guys in the NFL ever look guys, like that. Very few guys make it that far in their. Career I would say this though, man. If there's one guy whose game would will like will translate well, it would. past his prime. It's him because he is yeah. not someone. I, you know what the thing that's bothered me with DeAndre Hopkins. People have tried to diminish him into being just like this jump ball guy. Yeah. That's not him. No. He is, yes, he has been great at winning jump balls, but the dude is a master class separator. Like, go watch his route running. It is impeccable. You don't make, how many is it, three, four first team all pros simply by winning jump balls. He wins at all three levels. He's a great route runner, he's a great separator. That's the type of stuff. That can stick around after you maybe have lost a Nuke step, and maybe you're not the same vertical. It's just like threat. that Hail Mary new guy. I mean, the guy can do it all. Improved, he can do it in that situation. The jump it was clearly a jump ball, but he does is a lot more than just the jump ball guy. There's, would you guys? So would you guys be like upset as a Chiefs fan if they gave him a multi-year deal? No, I mean, if I, I'm Bink knows this. I wasn't the biggest fan of Patrick Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech. When they traded up 17 spots to go get him. I was like, okay, okay. They were that aggressive to you go see get this something. guy. I was like, because I'm very much, uh, I, I trust Andy in his process. If he's willing to go out there and be aggressive to go get that guy, then I'm going to trust him on that process. Mm-hmm. And so if they were to give him a three-year deal or a two-year deal and say, hey, we want you here multiple years, I'm going to trust that they saw something from him that is going to – alleviate my concerns about his health and age. So at that point, yep. like I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll believe what, what they saw, and then we'll see what happens. Multi-years is tough. He's 30 right now. At midnight, he'll he be 31. Yeah, he's 31. Yeah, he's 31 at midnight, he's 31. In, in nine and hours. That would be 
34 years old yeah. now. Yeah. No, it's it'll it'll be like I said, I, I'm very much if the Chiefs are aggressive in getting a certain guy, if they really want that guy, I'm like, okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Doesn't always work. I mean, they were pretty aggressive in going out and getting some of these guys that it didn't quite work out. We obviously saw it with like Orlando Brown Jr. You know, yeah. trade a first, you get two years for him from him. And uh, got what they needed, though. Ends, they got what they needed, but still, like now, then you had to solve your left tackle problem again two years later. Um, so it, it doesn't always work out. But I, I'm gonna, I'm very much in this mode where I'm gonna give Veach and Andy Reid the benefit of the doubt when they make an aggressive move like this, because. It is inherently, obviously, a very risky move, and they're still willing to go out and do it. So, just in, much in the same way it was with Mahomes, where they traded 17 spots for a quarterback that everyone said was probably a late first-round pick. I was like, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this, too. I would just say one thing, that maybe DeAndre Hopkins will price himself out of Kansas City. Maybe the Chiefs have a very tight window that they're operating in financially. All of that can be true. But... To everything you just spoke to, Chris, at every point over the last 12 months, whenever DeAndre Hopkins has showed displeasure or there have been stories that maybe the Cardinals are willing to deal him or that he wants out or that he's looking for a new home, every single time that's happened, the Chiefs have been in the mix. That is not just pixie dust. This is not being fabricated. The Chiefs have constantly been linked to DeAndre Hopkins. And that would lead me to believe that there is not just some interest, not like, hey, we're kicking the tires on him. That would lead me to believe that Andy Reid and Brett Veach have said, that guy's got gas in the tank. That guy would immediately infuse our offense with a level of playmaking that we don't currently have. Let's go and get him. I know that there's always a price tag. There's always a breaking point, And the Chiefs don't have a ton of financial flexibility. But if you start if you start to look at those numbers once Chris Jones is extended and the type of money that you can move around and backload that deal, like they can clear up quite a bit of space. And it would not shock me whatsoever if they made a, a very, very interesting decision to bring him in and, and give him maybe more money than we're thinking. You know, they're one of two teams to talk to the Cardinals before the draft. Chiefs and the Bills. And Andy Reid, when asked about either him or Odell before Odell signed with the team, they didn't put put. He didn't put put. He put some validity to it. Oh, they're fine football players, or whatever. Now, most coaches in that situation, they're not interested. Nah. We like oh, our guys. We, we, they we always like our say guys. that. We like but, our guys. But you didn't get one of those responses. You got, well, great football players and stuff like that. So that's what kind of gave you hope. But clearly, the Chiefs were wanting. Because DeAndre is not, DeHop is not just another dude. Like, he's not, like, we. I know we lumped him in with, with Odell because it's like two veteran receivers. Like DeAndre does, DeAndre deserves more than to be lumped in with a guy who's had like one productive season over the last six years. Up until two years ago, DeAndre had played fifteen or sixteen games in every single season in his NFL career. He missed six games to the start of last season because of the suspension. And then at the end of the year, it was a lost season for the Cardinals. Knee flared up. They shut him down. But when he was out there, by the way, in a quarterback wasteland, catching passes from Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley, this guy was looking like the exact same dude he was at every single point up into his career. And I and I do I don't know, like if you if you told me, if you like had a crystal ball and told me, hey, DeAndre Hopkins is signing a two year deal and it's gonna be for way more money than you're currently thinking, I would not be surprised whatsoever because I can think of a million reasons why a team would be willing to take that. Yeah, risk. I mean I could see him I could see I could see like maybe up to like twenty million a year. 
I could see him getting. Obviously, like nowadays, this deep into the offseason, it's kind of tough to get that kind of money because most teams don't have the cap room to to make that kind of move. But like you can do some maneuvering and you can find you can find a way to create some space there. We've seen him do it before. Yeah, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's the kind of deal he got. I don't think he's gonna get like any more than like three years just because the age factor. But yeah, I mean I could see fifteen to twenty a year is what he, he could get on a on a on a contract. There's definitely an interest there. You know there's an interest there. Yeah, there's definitely an, there's they're definitely they are definitely at least uh, interested in what the possibility could be. You just be. want that guy you can count on. Yeah. You, like MBS. Sometimes you can count on him, sometimes you can't. Most Sky Moore, can. we don't know yet. I mean, you know, you'd like to think so because of the development towards the end of the year where she rice, you'd like to think. But again, you got to play in the National Football League and Credit Tony, can you play every day? Can, can you be active? Can you be and, in the and roster? I, I will say this. Every day can you, but they don't have, quote, that guy at receiver at this point, and I think they wanted one. I will say, I don't think that having. D hop would necessarily hinder the development of the other guys. Cause if Kadarius Tony is good enough to be one of the top two or three receivers on the field, he's going to be on the field. Same thing with sky. It's going to be a matter of how do those guys develop in practice? What do they show? If they're one of the best guys out there, they're going to get playing time. Yeah. And to that point, if you're that good, Hey, then beat out Justin. Take all of yeah. Justin Watson snaps. Take all, take all of Richie James snaps. Yeah. MVS. Take like, all the MVS. If 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 it's not exactly a robust room, exactly. Right now. Like they're not sitting here like we got to put veterans at the top spot. It's whoever's the best is going to get that spot. There's a reason why Pacheco got the starting job in the middle of last season. He was the best running back on the roster. It also helps Kelsey. I know we had a good good year last year, great year last year, but having DeAndre Hopkins or somebody on the field with a Kelsey that takes some of the attention away from Kelsey. It just does. You're getting more production out of that. All right, fellas, keep your calendars open for a potential emergency podcast to discuss the DeAndre Hopkins signing or the Chris Jones extension for that matter because that's the first domino that needs to fall. We can talk all we want about DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs are not doing anything with DeAndre Hopkins until Chris Jones gets an extension. So if, if he does get one, I mean I and I mean if he does get one, I would assume right after that there's a there's a move for Hopkins. Like right after that. Within a few days, I would think that that yeah. move gets. Oh, you're saying happens. if they were to sign DeAndre Hopkins, it will yeah. be soon after. Chris it'll Jones be extension. right. It'll be very quickly after that. I will leave Chris you with. I'll signing. leave you with this nugget. I mean, we talked to Nate Taylor a couple of weeks ago, and he said the timeline all along has kind of been. It might not be until July, right, when Chris Jones signs an extension. So this report from Jeremy Fowler that that could be happening sooner rather than later is at least a little interesting. Yep. Yeah. Now maybe they just you know had quick negotiations, but if this happens early June instead of early July. That timetable maybe should That'd be great, open your eyes a little bit. That wide receiver room becomes really interesting, which it, I think is going to be a really interesting story it, in St. Joe right now. It'd be really great because you could do it before mandatory camp, yep. which would be perfect. Yep. Timing is interesting here, boys. Hey, if always, as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening. We appreciate your support. We're going to keep it rolling all off-season long. Jay Binkley, Chris Nocero. I'm Nick Schwartz. We'll catch you next time.